I got green juice, cucumber, celery, apple. If I want a little sweeter, I might use a pineapple. Green juice, all this deliciousness. Hey, fresh cruciferous, got me feeling magnificent. I got green juice, cucumber, celery, apple. If I want a little sweeter, I might use a pineapple. Green juice, hey, all this deliciousness. What's up, guys? Stephen Lucky here with Gardopia Gardens. We're a 501c3 nonprofit located in San Antonio, Texas, that teaches people about healthy lifestyles and environmental stewardship through garden based learning. On our podcast, we'll be having partners and guests from all walks of life talking about gardening, environmental sustainability, and how we can lead healthy lifestyles through nutrition and physical activity. So we're excited to have y'all join us in many episodes to come. But let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. I got kale and apples, cucumbers, pineapples, celery and ginger, natural sweet, no splendor. If I want a smoothie, I'm pulling out the blender. Heavy metal detox, might use coriander. Got October. Today is October 2nd. Y'all, we are in the fourth quarter of 2020. That gives us 90 days left until we're in 2021 um we believe that at this moment in time especially with the pandemic and food insecurity growing food is one of the most important things we can do Mm -hmm. um during 1944 there was the victory garden campaign and essentially almost every american was encouraged to grow food somewhere Mm -hmm. on your rooftops in the strips between the parking lot and and, or the driveway and your yard um anywhere and everywhere schoolyards as well so it's happened before and it can happen again but this time we need to sustain it Mm -hmm. just because the war is over doesn't mean that we should stop we should continue uh, those practices and that's one of the things we can actually do to not only address our health but as a byproduct would be addressing climate change mm-hmm. at the same time. And we have to address both of those. I just watched Kiss the Ground last night, so I'm probably like a little hyped on it. <laughs> um, and it's, it wasn't the best documentary. It wasn't the worst either, though I liked it. Um, I've also recently watched uh, The Need to Grow um, nice. was a good one. And there's, there's a ton of ones out there, right? Um, those are just probably two of the more recent. Where'd you find those, by the way? Um, Kiss the Ground, I think, is on Netflix. Cool. Um, the Need to Grow, I think I had to purchase it. Yeah. Uh, it was free, though. They've offered it like they do, like, boom, it's free for four days, and then you have to buy it, you know? Yeah. So it was free from, like, the 10th through the 14th of September. Um, but either way, um, those type of movies make you feel, I think, optimistic that, hey, if we change our agricultural practices, like, right now, right now, we can make a big impact. Mm -hmm. That's not going to address all this plastic that we're creating, right? Um, It's not going to address the transportation issues that we're experiencing, but it's a piece of the pie. Like, let's not try to think that anything, one thing is the savior Mm -hmm. of what's going to happen. Like, we all have to take small actions. Um, So what are we doing for October? October, we have our volunteer days, which are going to be continuing. We've been doing volunteer days again, uh, five plus years, and those will be on Saturdays. 10 to 12, as well as Thursdays. We're moving them up on Thursdays because it's just getting darker earlier and earlier. So I have them listed if they go to our Eventbrite or our Facebook at 5.30 to 7 p.m. We'll stay a little bit later as long as it's light. Like once it's dark, it's dark, and we don't have lights out there right now. Um, So that'll be Thursdays. And then Tuesdays are going to be 5.30 to 6.30. 
And that's going to be more focused on uh, our livestock and taking care of our rabbits as well as our um, chickens. So that is our volunteer schedule. Once um, daylight savings hits, which is on November 1st, then we're going to have to move those evenings up even earlier. I think what we're going to do is send out a survey to see like when would people want us to do a volunteer day. We've done like 4 to 6 p.m. when it gets dark, like at 6 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And some people come, but we uh, just want to put our feelers out there and see what works best for our community. Yeah. Um, in addition to the volunteer days, people also can visit us at 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. most Saturdays. We do workshops. So right now on the 10th, we have Luis San Miguel. His company is mycobuddy.com. People can check him out. He's on uh, Instagram as well, at mycobuddy. And he is very well versed in mycology, in the growing of fungi, medicinal, culinary mushrooms. He uh, has done workshops with us for quite a few years. Thank you, Luis, once you hear this, man, for all you've done for us. Um, he is currently consulting us on the Meme Lab. And I'll talk about the Meme Lab in detail. I, sh I should add this to the notes. Um, but essentially... The Meme Lab is going to have a growing center. Well, what does Meme stand for? What does Meme stand for? Yes, <laughs> Microgreen Eatery and Mushroom Education Laboratory. Dope. Um, and essentially, we want to address COVID-19 and increase technology in our mission by growing food faster and nutrient-dense. So we're growing mushrooms, microgreens, uh, and we also expanded our chicken coop, so eggs. So we're getting our proteins, our carbs, a um, little bit of fat. We're getting all the vitamins that we need um, through this type of diet. And so when people are in need, like they can't plant a seed and they're hungry right now. They can't wait 90 days for that to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. So we can get an egg a day per chicken, right? Mm -hmm. Boom. That's one thing. Yeah. And then for the mushrooms, they take about three week cycles. If we can get good at it, using Luis as our guide to really show us the way of the fungi. Um, and then microgreens, microgreens, uh, grow pretty quick. And then we're also doing hydroponics and we're doing some aquaponics. Nice. Um, I got to give my homie Cody a shout out because he has been helping us on the hydroponic setup. So we're getting everything, up and running and uh it's gonna be a really cool project so come on october 10th if you want to learn about the mushroom component mm -hmm. of the meme lab and where that's going um october 17th okay so there is the texas butterfly ranch uh here in san antonio you can check them out at texas butterfly ranch i believe they have a festival every year um nice. the festival when it started a few years back was for was at the pearl and they had been doing it at the pearl but this year just because of uh, covid and all that they've decided to change it up and not encourage like huge gatherings so mm -hmm. they're having different events all throughout there i think they're having virtual events i'm sure and they'll probably have some in-person events um so check them out but we are involved with them in the capacity of doing one of the workshops and that workshop is going to be an environmental justice bike ride and panel sweet and you know, when uh, I got the email for this festival, we usually do something of like some type of education about pollinators or something of that sort. Um, you know, I felt that and I've been thinking in my mind for a while about the migration of the monarchs. And that's sort of like a bellwether species in the sense of if we start to see that population decline, it's probably a telltale sign of other populations. But it's also 
um, a creature that people care about, right? So like, if I'm like, hey, the flies are going extinct, you're like, screw the flies, <laughs> good. <laughs> no, we need the flies, right? But if you're like, the butterflies are going extinct, they're like, oh no, not the butterflies. Yeah. So um, the butterfly has really been a symbolic uh, way of many to try to preserve nature um, and the corridors that are going from these migration patterns from Canada to Mexico and Mexico back to Canada. And so lo and behold, San Antonio, I-35, Texas, is one of those areas where they funnel down on their trip to Mexico for the winter. Um, so San Antonio is a monarch city. I think Mayor Ron Nuremberg took like the monarch city pledge a few years back. Um, the National Wildlife Federation has supported us and others in the past to plant pollinator gardens. Um, we've, we had a pollinator initiative in 2017. Um, so I think that us participating this is this imp is in this time is important but i also want to continue to address the issues at hand which are climate change and social justice like we can't ignore those things and public health definitely can't ignore that right mm -hmm. all of it's happening right now what do we do right we have our mission of of gardopia um, we're all individuals but we come together for a greater cause and so um I think some of our programming needs to address it. And uh, to me, the monarch is symbolic of breaking down borders. Like the monarch has no borders. Nobody is trying to shoot or arrest the butterfly. Like, hey, get over here. You're not allowed, you're not allowed on that side. No, right? They're like, all right, go buy butterfly. So they have like this passport that, you know, automatic. Um, and so this op was an opportunity for us, I think, to address some of that, um, but through an environmental lens. And so the bike ride is a social justice bike ride. Like, let's have some solidarity. Let's ride together. Transportation can address climate, but I think also transportation can address equity and economics and finance. Because if I can't get somewhere, it doesn't matter who hired me, right? I can't get to the job. Yeah. So I think it's important that we create a bike infrastructure here in San Antonio uh, that is conducive to a healthy environment. Like if we want to grow plants all along the sidewalks and eat them, we can't have all this exhaust all over them, like a film, you know, smog, mm -hmm. right? That's not healthy. So again, healthy environments. Um, so a bike ride to encourage that. And symbolic, we're going to go down MLK Boulevard um, and we're going to hit Pecan Valley. Pecan Valley is a women, infant, and children's clinic. We just partnered with SA Metro Health. Shout out to them. You can follow at SA Metro Health. Um, we were able to work with them putting in a teaching garden and the teaching garden a component of it was not only edible but it was also pollinator species so we're going to check out that garden you know just hang out maybe have like a little water station and then boom head right back to gardopia it's nice. three and a half miles there it's three and a half miles back um and so six and a half miles google tells me it takes me it takes us about 30 minutes there and back but we can sort of ride a little bit slower. Um, I will say going there is going to be faster because it's downhill. Yeah. Going up, you hopefully get, got some gears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but either way, so we'll do that. And then when we get back to Gardopia at noon, we're going to have a panel. I've invited a couple of different social justice, civic engagement organizations to be involved mm -hmm. in the discussion around environmental justice and food justice. So social justice is like the big umbrella, but then food justice is related to food of course environmental justice is to nature and what we're doing so there has been disenfranchisement there has been um discrimination in all these different sectors one way or another right and so around food we have been tricked into eating unhealthy i can't 
think of one other word than that because it's true. essentially if we have the knowledge then you can make better decisions now once you have the knowledge making the better decisions is the tough part right because sugar is so good salt right saturated fat processed foods like the texture the meatiness whatever it is that you're looking for it's not easy to create a different habit a different diet right diets are like again who we are um but we're definitely not educated enough uh k through 12 in my opinion it should continue there's no commercials for you know bananas or pineapples or if there are it's like once in a blue moon you barely see it and you're watching pbs or something yeah but like when i'm watching netflix i don't get a commercial like eat your strawberries <laughs> like no it's like eat your strawberry shortcake ice cream with vanilla topping <laughs> like, yes <laughs> that's what i need <laughs> yeah dude it's crazy we need a uh Cardopia commercials teaching people about gardening and eating fruits and veggies. Yes, that's what I want us to be. So you, I love your handle. It's uh, eat plants, move often. And then you're the juiced up ninja. Um, we need to be the spokespersons, spokesmen and spokeswomen for fruits and vegetables and healthy exercise, you know? And like at the end of the day, if we're healthy, we can get a, a rid of a lot of the problems I think that we're experiencing. People just want to be happy. Like nobody wakes up in the morning like, I want to be mad, right? People want to genuinely be happy, but how do you achieve that happiness, right? In the pursuit of happiness. And are you even have the factors around you to be able to have happiness? And that's where there's a lot of this friction in, in our communities. Um, so again, environmental justice, bike ride and panel, we'll be talking about this all in more depth of how we can, as humans on earth, um, achieve food justice, food sovereignty, right? Like we shouldn't rely on people. I was watching again on Netflix, uh, Kiss the Ground. He was talking about um, the buffalo. The buffalo, you know, I guess, you know, the European Americans who were here just disseminated all the buffalo to try to starve the Native Americans. Like how screwed up is that? They're over here eating sustainable, living off the land, and then boom, people come and kill their food source. Mm -hmm. That's just a reminder of the bigger issue. That's just one example mm -hmm. of what is the problem. Um, but that's a very vivid uh, reminder of how our food has been taken away from us and, and manipulated into something that sometimes doesn't even resemble food. A lot of us don't even eat natural food. We're eating this processed food that's been built out of corn and soy and engineered by food scientists like what no. it's food like yes and you actually made a video last night or you posted it last night you were like uh you know trying to avoid all the corporations <laughs> um and then you hit yourself and you're like when you thought everything that you were consuming all the healthy foods is owned by the big companies right so it's mm -hmm. like so difficult to uh try to live sustainably and that's why i commend you and what you're doing with the re-up station because that's that's common sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just trying to create those solutions for people because I know it's been a challenge in my own life and I'm a very disciplined person. And mm -hmm. I educate myself and even even with that, it's still challenging. You mm -hmm. know, so how do we mm -hmm. make it more convenient? Well, one of the only ways or one one of the ways is growing a garden in your backyard. Yeah. So like, you know, Gardopia and you have inspired me to grow my own stuff in my backyard because that's one of the only ways I can avoid some of, some of these giant food corporations with these food-like mm -hmm. substances. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, 
even if we can grow 25%, right? If everybody grew 25% of their food, then that is 25% less of the resources being strained on the environment. Um, now, how do we achieve that? Well, guess what? Not everybody owns land, huh? Oh, wow. So now we got to address land justice, right? And what's, mm -hmm. what's that situation? But let's say that we addressed land justice and everybody had access to a quarter acre of land, right? Everybody could grow ample food on a quarter acre of land. And there's definitely a quarter acre for everybody, even if even though we're at like almost at 8 billion. And the population is uh, estimated to rise to maybe 9 billion to 13 billion. <laughs> right? San Antonio is expected in the next 20 years to double in population from 1.5 million to 3 million. So Crazy. it's coming. It's here. Like the population does not seem to be going down if it's at these projections. If something happens, okay, something happens. But, you know, hope for the best. Hopefully everybody's healthy. You know, there's health care for everybody, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Um we need to create solutions that are going to create a healthier system because are we just going to keep popping up more McDonald's, right? Are we just going to keep popping up more Chipotle's as much as I love them? Um, we can make our own Chipotle bowls, right? Facts. Now, rice is a little bit harder to grow, <laughs> but everything besides rice, you know, like the bell peppers, the onions, the cilantro, even some of the beans you can grow, avocado, not so much depends on where you are but hey let's invest in a whole bunch of greenhouses and let's grow a whole bunch of avocados in san antonio <laughs> these things can occur if we invest in them mm -hmm. and again back to kiss the ground just saw it last night talking about the farmer subsidies so essentially we're spending i think 25 billion dollars on agriculture to grow a large percentage of corn soy and Corn and soy, you know, Mostly. and I, uh, maybe maybe wheat also. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're growing these three things, but corn, it's a lot of carbs. It's not, you know, it's not the best thing. It's not the worst. It's good, but that's not all our diet should be. Soy, again, it's a protein. Um, and then wheat, you know, is a grain. But when they process these things so much, you're losing the essence of what they really are yep. in the first place. Plus, um, they're usually GMO corn and soy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we need to have a diverse diet. And by growing our veggies, that's, it's an easy way to do that. So that's what we're going to be doing and talking more about on October 17th. Um, October 24th, we're going to have a garden curriculum development workshop with Jade Liu of Elume Life. Check her out on Instagram. Uh, it's E-L-L-U-M-E and then Life, Elume Life. Um, she is a very accomplished person uh, who has done some great work in the educational realm, uh, located in California, doing some great work there. And you're going to learn a lot from her. And that's going to be um, online as well as in person. Um, she's in California, so I have a little um, screen that I'm going to pull up at the garden. We'll hook up the audio. Uh, but those of y'all who want to watch her on Zoom, we're going to offer that option too. We don't do Zoom options for all of our workshops, but because this one is really hitting home to our mission, we want to have a little bit of engagement and we're hoping to get some of the school districts. So if any of y'all are teachers, uh, please, please sign up for that one. It's going to be a good one. She was a teacher for like 23 years, uh, went to Columbia, has her master's, worked with the Jane Goodall Institute. Like she's really going to give some good information. You don't want to miss that one. And that's on October 21st, 24th, Saturday from 12 to 1. Have some lunch and learn. 
Um, I don't have anything scheduled for Halloween. We'll see. We might we might do a TV screening. If I can get any of y'all out there, if you want to donate or let us borrow your projector, we need a projector and a projector screen. Um, we have a little stereo, but we could use a bigger stereo system. I'd like to show a the Kiss the Ground movie on that night because it's Halloween. Halloween doesn't happen on Saturdays a lot. So usually it's like, you know, there's stuff going on, but not necessarily all the time. Now with... Um, COVID, like, I bet you not, not, not a lot is going to go on. It can't go on, right? Yeah. So I still want to provide a safe space for the community, the neighborhood on that day, maybe some of the kids. You know, we'll have some healthy snacks instead of all mm -hmm. this candy. And we'll be like, hey, no candy allowed, but we got oranges, apples, and bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Make a fruit salad. Um, so that is uh, Halloween. And then, boom, it'll be the end of the month. There is a full moon. There's a full moon yesterday, the f October 1st. And there's going to be another full moon, two full moons in one month on Saturday as well. And it's guess what? What color is the moon going to be? Orange. Blue. Blue. It's going to be a blue moon. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured like Halloween orange. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it will be. I've never, I don't know if I've actually watched a blue moon before. Me neither. So we'll have to see Yeah. how blue it is. Sweet. And that's on the 30th or 31st? First, that's on Halloween. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And it's, it's so for uh, full moons, it's tough for me sometimes because, like, is it the 31st at 2 a.m., really Friday night, or is it the 31st at 5 p.m., mm -hmm. Saturday night? Like, last night, that's what it was. It was October 1st, 5 p.m. was the full moon hmm. versus sometimes it's, like, the night and it shifts in. Yeah. Uh, Either way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what's going on for Gardopia October. Um, another thing that we're having launch off is our master class. So I want to talk a little bit about our master class. Um, we launched that in August. We were able to have 30 students and two scholarship students as well. Thank you, everybody who registered for that. Um, we are in week nine of 10. Um, so it's been going really good and met some awesome people who are going to go out who are already making an impact in the community and are going to go make more of an impact. So we're trying to get another cohort going October 20th. Uh, we're going to take probably again about 30 students or so, and then, um, that'll go for another 10 weeks into December. So that master class is available. You can go to our website, gardopiagardens.org backslash shop, uh, to register for that. And then we're going to be at the Pecan Valley Women, Infants, and Children's Clinic. We're going to be there on Saturday for the bike ride, but then we're going to go back on Monday and we're going to do a tree distribution. So essentially you can come. It's a farmer's market with the San Antonio Food Bank, uh, SA Metro Health, of course, in partnership. And we're going to be planning to give away about 50 trees um, at the event in partnership with San Antonio Parks and Recreation. So uh, stay tuned for that one. If you want to get a free tree and you're in San Antonio, come check out the pollinator garden, the veggie garden. We're actually going to be planting some trees on that day also. Um, one thing that I forgot about, October 10th. So we are a part of an initiative, and I'll give a shout out to our partners with San Antonio Parks and Rec. You can follow them, SA Parks and Rec. Um, they have a tree initiative called the Compassion Tree Project, which Monterey, Mexico, um, challenged San Antonio to plant 32,000 trees. We agreed to 20,000, 20,000 for 2020. And so 
That initiative is in a partnership with many other organizations aside from Guardopia. There's at least 10, maybe 20 organizations involved in that who are out there planting trees. And so October 10th is one of the collective days that we're celebrating, which is like the National Day of Climate Change or maybe the International Day of Climate Change. And so we're going to be planting a tree in partnership at Incarnate Word at the headwaters, but then we should um, be going and planting uh, maybe a few trees at one of our school gardens um, as well. So stay tuned on our social media for the exact details of the National or International Day of Climate Change on October 10th um, up and coming because we're trying to plant as many trees and I want to expand on that a little bit more. In 2018, Earth Day with uh, Kenyo and uh, Kevin Prince, you can follow them at uh, Kenyo, I believe, and then the other one is at Dab Troll Creations. Um, we launched a Vote Earth initiative. So we're in a, a elective period right now, right? Like the presidential election is about to occur. A lot of national elections are occurring. And we are a 501c3, so we're not involved in partisan politics. Uh, we just advocate for a healthy environment and a healthy population, okay? And in that, we believe that one of the best ways to be civically engaged is through your dollar and your actions. So where do you spend your money and what do you do with your life? Those two things are actually going to sway politics more than you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. So one way to vote for Earth is to buy trees and plant trees. And that's one of our uh, main sticking points. But aside from that, buying composters, volunteering with community organizations, using renewable materials, like there's all these different ways to vote for Earth. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what uh, we have been pushing uh, for the past few years. So this is part of that on the 19th as well. Our goal was to plant a thousand trees by the end of the year. Epic. You know, well, I see these commercials and videos on Instagram and Facebook. They're like, India planted a million trees in one day. <laughs> I was like, we're so weak. What the hell? <laughs> Why can't we do that? You know, like, can we do that, y'all? We got three. We got almost three thousand followers. Will y'all all go plant a tree on one day with us? <laughs> Challenge ex accepted, right? Um, so yeah, we set that goal of a thousand. Um, not necessarily that we plant, but we a plant or adopt, and we've mm -hmm. done more adopting. Mm -hmm. So in the spring, we kicked it off on March 7th with Parks and Rec at Woodard Park. And that uh, event went really good. Um, we adopted out about 70-something trees. And since that point in time, we've come to a total of about 400 trees so far. So we still got about 600 to go. But again, Parks and Rec has been a great partner. And we are going to get close to that goal in planting and adopting. So again, stay tuned. We need to plant more trees. If that's all we do. If we just all go around planting trees now trees can be expensive right you can pay from 25 to 50 bucks for a tree so what we need to do is start a tree nursery mm. you know we need to start a tree nursery and that way we can lower those costs mm -hmm. um, on trees so anybody's interested let's do it that is pretty much all of our events for october um, thank you so much for joining us today in our discussion on the growing our future podcast here at Guardopia, we are extremely thankful for all of our supporters. For more information, you can check out our website, guardopiagardens.org. You can also follow us on social media, at Guardopia Gardens. Until next time.